Section 53 The Living Animals of the World, Volume 1 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Living Animals of the World, Volume 1 Mammals by Charles Lewis Cornish, Editor The Deer Tribe by H. A. Bryden The Muntjacks The Muntjacks, or Barking Deer, are a group of small deer found in India, Burma, and the Malay region. The Indian Muntjack stands about two feet in height and weighs some twenty-eight pounds. The antlers, which average five or six inches in length, bear two points, browtine and beam. The lower portions, or pedicles, are curiously covered with hair, and the front of the face is ribbed or ridged in V-fashion. The general colour is a golden bay, the face and limbs brown, and the lower parts white. The buck has sharp tusks in the upper jaw, and at a pinch knows how to make use of them. A shy, stealthy little creature, the muntjac loves dense cover, and the sportsman usually obtains but a quick snapshot at this active and wary little deer, as it flashes across him, much as does a bolting rabbit scuttling across a narrow drive. Local Indian names for the barking deer are jungle sheep, red hog deer, and rib-faced deer. Other muntjacks, varying somewhat from the Indian form, are hairy-fronted, the Tenacerum, the Tibetan, and the Chinese muntjacks. Tufted deer Near relatives of the odd little muntjacks are the tufted deer, of which two species, the Tibetan and Michis, are known to naturalists. The former, found in eastern Tibet, is about the size of the Indian muntjac, and has a coat of dark chocolate brown, curiously speckled on the face, neck, and foreparts. The frontal tuft is nearly black. The antlers of the bucks of both this and Mitchie's deer are extremely small, scarcely observable at first glance. Both species have long curving tusks projecting from the upper jaw. Mitchie's tufted deer is of a greyish-black or iron-grey colour, the face and neck dark grey. This animal is found in the reed-beds bordering the Ningpo and other rivers in eastern China. Water deer The Chinese water deer is another diminutive deer, standing no more than twenty inches at the shoulder. The body colouring is pale rufous yellow, the head and the back of the ears being darker in hue than the rest of the body. The males carry no antlers. This tiny deer is found in northeast China, and is well known on the islands of the Yangtze Kiang River. It loves thick cover, especially reeds and long grass. So apt is it a concealment that at Wuban Abbey, where specimens are kept in a paddock of long tussocky grass, hours may be spent without catching a glimpse of it. 
when disturbed it scurries off with short quick leaps very much after the manner of the hare the males of the chinese deer like the muntjacks carry long curved tusks in the upper jaw roe deer the european roe one of the handsomest of all the smaller deer is still happily found in many parts of scotland in england where it had at one time become well-nigh extinct it has been here and there reintroduced with some success in ireland it seems never to have been found on the continent its range is wide extending from the south of sweden through france and germany to italy greece turkey austria-hungary and spain found in southern russia and the caucasus it makes its way eastward as far as north palestine and persia the rose stands in good adult specimens twenty-six inches at the shoulder and weighs about sixty pounds the handsome and very characteristic horns measure in good specimens from ten to thirteen inches over the outer curve the summer coat of this beautiful little deer is a bright rufous brown in winter a darker and duller brown with a notable white patch about the tail the roe is always more or less a wood-loving creature in winter especially it seldom cares to quit the shelter of the forest in summer however the deer wander into more open localities the fawns are born generally towards the end of may and two young are usually produced in the rutting season the males fight savagely with one another mr j g millet gives an instance of a buck killed in one of these desperate battles in which one antler of the victor having penetrated the brain of the vanquished buck had been broken clean off and remained embedded in the skull firmly wedged between the ears and the antlers when wounded and brought to bay by a dog says mr millet a roebuck brings into play both head and forelegs in his defence using his horns as described and striking out with his legs more as if to push off his antagonist than to cause a forcible blow for he gives no shock as a hind can a doe too uses her forelegs and boxes with her head and mr steele who has had wide experience in row shooting tells me that he has seen a doe use her hind legs as well the bark of the buck is loud sharp and deep in tone not unlike what a single call might be from an old collie at this season too the female gives an amorous call when she wishes the male to come to her if he is within hearing he puts his neck out straight and comes full speed to her in germany many roebucks are shot by alluring them in this manner and calls exactly imitating her voice are made for the sportsman's use one who has shot roe in this manner tells me it is most exciting sport for the buck comes straight for the sound at full speed and will only stop startled for a second when he discovers the fraud 
and as often as not he passes right on without giving a chance. Row have a curious trick of chasing one another in play, and certain row rings in the woods near Cordor Castle, according to Mr. Millet, demonstrate the fact that for ages the deer have been in the habit of disporting themselves in these strange circles over the same pieces of ground. The fact is very singular. These curious circles are most used in early summer, and Sutherland, the head-keeper, tells me, says Mr. Millet, that hardly a morning passes without there being one or two row playing in the rings, and sometimes there is quite a party of them. Row feed chiefly on grass. They will eat also rowan mountain ash berries, of which they are especially fond, as well as turnips, grain, heather tops, and various other roots and plants. Certain fungi to which they are partial, they take much pains to dig out with their sharp hooves. A roebuck that I once kept, says Mr. Millet, was a good Scotchman, though he had a beastly temper, for he liked nothing so much as oatmeal porridge. Roe make delightful pets, but the bucks are not to be trusted after the third year. One of these animals, supposed to be tame, has been known to kill a lad. In Scotland and on the continent, Roe deer are usually killed by driving, and large bags are often made. Even within recent times, as many as sixty-five roebucks and thirteen hinds have been shot at Beaufort, Lord Lovett's place in Invernessshire, during a day's driving. Shotguns are employed for this kind of sport. Stalking the roe is not so much pursued in Scotland as it might be. It is a first-rate and most interesting form of sport, and in certain districts the rifle might be very well substituted for the shotgun. Row-stalking, says Mr. Millet, possesses many charms of its own. In the first place, you can enjoy it at a season when there is no other shooting going on. Secondly, it takes you out in the early morning, when all nature is full of life and beauty and before the heat of the day commences, and thirdly, where the chase of the animal is systematically conducted, as with red deer, the nature of the sport is everything that can be desired. I would therefore put forward a plea that tenants and owners of part wood, part forest lands, in Argyle, Inverness, Ross and Aberdeen, should turn their attention to stalking the roe, in preference to killing them during the usual winter wood-shoots. Roe-deer are exceedingly abundant in the great forest regions of Germany and Austria-Hungary. In Austria alone, not including Hungary, during the year 1892, no less than 68,110 of these beautiful little deer were shot on various estates. The Siberian roe, found from the mountains of the Altai and Turkestan to Siberia, is a somewhat larger species than its European cousin, measuring from 28 to 34 inches at the shoulder. The antlers are also larger, 
extending to as much as sixteen and even eighteen inches in measurement. As beseems its habitat, the coat of this species is also thicker and rougher than is the case with the European row. Mr. Lydecker gives some interesting particulars regarding this animal. When the snows of November fall, the row themselves commence to collect in herds, which may number from three hundred to five hundred head, and soon after migrate southwards into Manchuria, whence they return about the end of March or beginning of April. On the ushery, which they must cross, they are at this season slaughtered in thousands by the hunters, without regard to age or sex. One other species, the Manchurian roe, found chiefly in mountainous habitats, whence it never descends, should be noted. This is a smaller deer than the Siberian roe, and approximates in size and length of horn to the European race. Pear David's deer This remarkable animal, which apparently bears little or no resemblance to any of the other deer of the old world, has been placed by some naturalists between the roe deer and the American deer. Its habitat is North China, and strangely enough it seems to be unrecognized in the wild state, being apparently only known in China in the Imperial Park at Peking. This deer approaches in size the red deer of Europe. The general coloring is grayish-brown, white about the eyes, ears, rump and underparts. The horns, which lack the brow tine, are very singular in shape, and measure as much as thirty-two inches in length. The tail is long, reaching to the hocks. The gait is lolloping and mule-like. This is a marsh-loving species, and at Wuban Abbey, where specimens are kept, they may be seen wading far into the lakes, and even swimming in the deeper water. End of section 53